giving the Lord our first fruits. And so I wanted to just share a word with you as we get ready to do that. And go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Again, that's the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Again, that's a Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6. When you have that, just say amen. And the word of God reads as follows. It says, and without faith, it is impossible. Somebody say impossible. It is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that first he what? He exists. Amen. We must first believe that he exists and that in his existence that he rewards those who seek him. You cannot seek what you do not believe. Amen. And so that's why it says we must believe that he exists. I would like to add first there because I believe that that is the point. That Paul is trying to make. We must first believe in his existence. That he is God. And that he rewards those now in the action of the believer in God. That he rewards those who now seek him. Amen. That he rewards those who seek him. Look what Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verses 26 declares now. For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom. Come, somebody say rewards. For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting. Only to give to the one who pleases God. Very, very strong verse here because we, he is distinguishing the believer from the unbeliever. But I don't want you to focus, we, we, we focus a lot on how the sinner has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God. We kind of see like stinginess or we, we make an idea of God is unfair. But you have to see the lifestyle that God is distinguishing here in Ecclesiastes. The one that is pleasing God has no other worry but acquiring wisdom from God and knowledge and joy. For the one that lives for the world or is unsaved, he is burdened in this world with collecting and gathering only. I don't have enough. I need, I need, I need. I, I, I just, I want, I want, I want to achieve. I want this, I want that. They're, they're stuck in this world in that uh, uh, unsaved lifestyle and only gathering and collecting, going from one check to the next and going from one relationship to the next and going from that door to the next door. They're never satisfied and, 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 and all they're doing is they're preparing. They're, they're making the land fruitful for the one that pleases God to enjoy. This, this is very, very powerful because your mind should not be on money. It should be on God. Your mind should not be on goods. It should be on grace. 
Come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. It, it should not be on what you can acquire. It should be on who you have in your life, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so when we think about this uh, contrast between an unbeliever and a believer, we start noticing our old lifestyle of the way we were before we were putting God first in our life. We were just worried about material things. We were worried about being good in our life and having. And let me just say this. There is nothing wrong with that. I want you to have. If God allows you to buy a Learjet, please take me on a ride for it one day. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If God allows you to buy a Bentley, just let me sit in the back seat and enjoy the big back seat that's back there. And, you know, just allow me, you know, to just bask in the blessing of your life. Let me wash your car at least, you know. Let me fill it up. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to fill up a jet, but let me do something. You know, there's nothing wrong in having in our life. But for the unbeliever, that's all they're worried about. They can't sleep because they don't have. They don't function because they don't have. There's no peace in their house because they don't have. But for the one that is pleasing God, their main objective is what? I need wisdom from God. I need knowledge from God. I need joy in the the Holy Ghost. That is why Solomon was a man after the wisdom of God. He said, you didn't ask for riches. You just asked for wisdom. Now I will give you everything that you did not ask for. And that is what God is looking for his people. Would we get to a place and saying, God, I don't want money first. I want your mind first. I want what's there in the celestial place. I want the secrets of your heart in my life so that I can conquer in this life. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. There is a power when you put God first. And if you believe this, you'll always be at rest in your life. If you believe this, this format of, the God's, of God's word in your life, you will always live in rest, resting. You'll never worry about what you don't have. You'll always seek for God's wisdom and, and knowledge and joy in what you do have. If you notice in God's word when he says, you know, rejoice or, you know, and in all things rejoice. What is it? He's, re he's asking you to rejoice not because he's going to add more fish in your drought or in your famine. No, he's asking you to have joy because if God allowed you to have three, then there is victory in three. Not because we're going to rejoice because God's going to bring five. No, when God is asking us to please him, he's not asking us please uh, to please him so that we would have something in return. He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. If you notice, the root is seeking him. And in seeking him, it opens door to blessing. Now, you know, I, I, don't, I don't preach on this subject too much because I don't want for people to have the wrong impression of what is needed for the people of God. But I, I truly believe that financial wisdom is a key uh, uh, aspect that God wants the people of God to understand. He wants you to start being wise. He wants you to start being prospered. There is, I, I, I rebuke the spirit of always looking to see what you got. You deserve the best from God, but not because you sought after it, but because you sought God. You see, he's a rewarder for those who diligently 
Seek Him. Now, if that's health at a moment, then praise be to God. If that is a new house at a moment, then praise be to God. If that is a new car at the moment, then praise be to God. But our main objective is I need to know God. I need to have God at the first place in my life. Achieve all that your dreams that you have in God. Achieve them. I encourage you, stretch far. Stretch your hand far in the Lord Jesus Christ. Go after it. Be bold for the Lord Jesus Christ. Start that business if that's what God has asked you. You know, you step out in faith and believe Him. Why? Because that is God's blessing to your life. There's nothing wrong with that. But the question is, is God first? Is God first? You know, believing it does not mean that you sense it. It is like that. Uh, you know, you understand it to be like that. You know, having faith means that you build your life on God's word. And that you conduct, you conduct yourself according to God's word. And put full trust or reckon that God who said it guides everything and permits everything as a rewarder for what he is. He's a rewarder. It's inevitable. God cannot refuse to bless when there is obedience. <laughs> if only we would just get that in our hearts. It is impossible for God to say, I don't want to bless when there is obedience in the fire. When there is obedience on the fire, God has no other option but to say, release what obedience calls for. And obedience calls for blessing. Amen? Obedience calls for blessing. And it brings blessing from the Lord. So understand this, church. Having faith means that you build your life on God's word. Not that you believe him for a house. That you build your life on God's word. You conduct yourself according to God's word and put full trust or reckon that God who said it guides everything and is a rewarder. Hallelujah. You know, I want to be in spiritual alignment with God's word. This should be the central focus of every person that professes the commitment to preach the word of God. Although at times it can be difficult due to sensitive subjects, our job as preachers comes with a covenant made to the owner of the church who is Jesus Christ. And so I'm responsible for the teaching of this house. I'm not called to preach from my personal emotion or agenda. God has planned for days to be what they are and the purpose of his church to be what it is in every city, at every location that they're currently in. To the people it receives and it attends to, it is our responsibility as shepherds to teach you and to give you God's word. And there is a move of God in the church that is purpose to impact the world as well. And when you put Step of Faith Church into that perspective, the weight of attention for his church as a pastor becomes great. The weight of just, you know, making sure that there is bread in God's house is important. Not only that there is bread in the house, but that we would reach our goals as churches. I said churches. Come on, somebody say churches, not just this church. But that the people would have it in their heart. We need to reach far for our goals. See, this is just not a, a one entity person a, a ministry. We are the collective body of Christ in the work of God in this church. And so every one of us, we need to dream big for Jesus. It's not just one person dreaming big for God. 
It's each and every one of us saying, I'm dreaming big for God, and you're dreaming big for God, and you're dreaming big for God, and you're dreaming big for God. And you're saying, God, I believe in great things, not just because of what he says, because there are a lot of things that I don't have the opportunity to say behind the pulpit that's great. But you have all of your life to be able to declare for your church, God, we have a bigger place that we're going to walk into. Father, there are more souls that we're going to win. Father, we're going to touch the four points of our city, God. God, there are greater ways that we're going to meet the needs of our community. There are so many things that we can believe greatness in God as a church. And so when we put Step of Faith Church into that perspective, there's so much weight as a pastor when it comes to pastoring a church, but all of it is a faith move. That's all it is. It's all moving by faith. Moving by faith. We are moving in faith. We are doing in faith, and we are believing in faith. All of it is by faith. If it isn't, it's by works. Just let me point that out. If it's not by faith, then it has to be by works. And I don't want to do it by works. I want to do it by faith. You see, faith will at times allow an error, but faith gives room to grace. When it's done by works and error comes, works gives no room for grace. It only gives room for condemnation. Let me say that again. Come on, church. And so I want to just say, if we're going to do anything as a church, it needs to be by faith. If you're going to believe for your church, it needs to be by faith. Do it by faith. Don't do it by works. Do it by faith. Don't do it because it's a ritual, because this is not a ritual. We don't need to do this. I'm tapping into this because I believe God's word. That's why. If somebody say, well, you know, pastor, is this a commandment? It's not a commandment. It's not. We don't need to do that. Commandment is love your brother. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Have no other gods before him. Amen? What is a commandment? It's all summed up in the love word. Amen? All summed up in the love word. That's the commandment of the Lord. But if you're looking at this commandment, this is not a commandment. This is a bonus. It's up to you if you want to enjoy the bonus, you know, or not. It's it's your choice if you want to tap into this and believe God for this type of action. It's the same way, you know, we're, we're saved, we get saved, but go, therefore, preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. It's an option. Not, not everybody does it. But when you stand before God, God's, God's not going to tell you, well, you didn't preach to nobody. You didn't tell anybody about me. No, he's going to say, did you profess me before men? Did you accept me as your Lord and Savior? When we stand before God, that's what we're going to be judged on. But there are other things you can tap into and joy in your Christian life. And I believe with all of my heart since last year, since we've begun this, I, I truly believe in this word. I truly believe in first fruits. Now, I don't do this all year. I only do it at this time because this is the moment where we get to give that opportunity to believe God for the whole year. I refuse to raise throughout the year because I believe this is what God has given for us. I refuse to be a, we need somebody, I need somebody, you know. We need somebody to believe God in this area financially throughout the year. Because I believe we can mark the difference now if we believe God right now at the start. I believe that everything that God has planned, I don't know what's going to happen in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, but God does. And if we give by faith, just notice this, if you give by faith, you say, well, pastor, what's faith? A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever the Lord has placed on your heart, that is what is by faith, that is the moving of faith. When you do it by faith, it marks a difference for the future. And, you know, I'm believing it that much. Don't tell me about the quantity. Tell me about the quality of 
of what you are about to release unto the Lord. That is what faith is all about. That's what moves mountains. That's the faith that moves mountains. And so I want to be that uh, uh, church that is spiritually aligned in God's word. We should focus our commitment that we've made to the word of God. And although at times it is difficult, we have to take into consideration that a church has a vision and we want to be a part of that vision. But it is all by faith. It is by faith. Psalms 127.1 declares, unless the Lord builds the house. We know this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who built it labor in vain. Let me say it again. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, he who guards stands and watches in vain. Wow, let me say that again. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. It's got to be God. Church, it has to be God. It has to be God. Wait, it has to be God. If it's not God, if it is not God, then we are allowing our emotions to lead. And it is not us. It has to be the Lord. It's not even about you. It's about God. God has to do it through your life in the church. And unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. It has to be the Lord building the house. What does this mean? I don't want to put a brick where God has said, don't put a brick. I don't want to put a door where God said there doesn't need to be a door there. I want to put the brick where God wants me to put the brick. I want to build where God has told me to build. I say, well, pastor, you know, that goes deeper than, you know, our financial giving. Yes, it goes to your serving. If the Lord does not build the house, the laborers labor in vain. Sometimes we can commend ourselves to doing things that the Lord has not authorized. And it is in vain. I don't care how many people come. I don't care how much success we got. I know some churches that are, uh, you know, display an, a societal excess, you know, success in a lot of people. But a lot of the things that they're doing, I truly don't believe God is authorized. You say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because it's unbiblical. Come on, somebody. It's unbiblical. But you give people their itching ears and boy, they'll come in herds. <laughs> you give them what they want and boy, they come in groups. They bring the refrigerators. They'll give you their gas tanks. It's interesting on how you can appease and, and water down the conviction in a person's soul and they'll give you their whole livelihood. It is when we start preaching the word of God and we're held accountable to the truth of God's word that all of a sudden we start being stingy as if it is ours. Much more that you have the truth that we live according to the word of God, that we should be open books to God, that we should be just open vessels to the Lord. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to put my hands at, Father? Where do you want me to dedicate my mind at? Where do you want me to dedicate my strength at, Father? Where do you want to dedicate my time at, Father? I just want to be, I want to be somebody that puts you first in their life. Because when I put you first, I know that your kingdom excels. I know that everything that you have planned for my city, for my family, for my church family it has to excel because I'm putting myself there 
We look at these heroes in the faith. We see Elijah. We see Elisha. We see Moses. We see Abraham. We see the Apostle Paul. We see Peter. We see these men establishing great foundational things for us as the church. It didn't come by just putting themselves first. It came by putting God first. And if you want to create great things for God, you got to start putting God first. If you want to see great things happen in your life, you got to start putting God first. God needs to be the first thing. You know, I love the, the, the mentality that he needs to be the center, but I love it when I can declare God as the first thing. Because many times we put God at the center, but there are still other things that are first. I want God to be first before anything in my life, before I add to my schedule, before I take from my schedule, before I put my hands to work in something I I want God's approval. I want God to be happy with me. I want God to know that I I made sure that he knew my plans. It's by faith. And every service in this house that we have been having is by faith. Our children's ministry is by faith. Our leaders present are by faith. Our outreach ministry is by faith. The people that we pray for is by faith. The vision we believe is by faith. Every Bible we hand out is by faith. Every time we come live, it is by faith. Every prayer service is by faith. Every time we pray for somebody is by faith. Because if it's by works, then let's give it up now. It's got to be by faith. I would rather close than for it to uh, not be by faith. It's got to be by faith. Faith and nothing else. Don't tell me about ritual. Don't tell me about how good that you are at doing it. Do it by faith. The vision we believe is by faith. This whole corner street is by faith. The new sanctuary that I'm believing for is by faith. The new youth facility is by faith. The daughter churches that I'm believing for are by faith. The extension churches in other cities and states are by faith. It's a faith movement. The impact this house will have on the prisons is by faith. And I believe, I've been praying for it. The impact that this house will have on prisons is by faith. The impact that Step of Faith Church will have on YAs. The impact that the Step of Faith Church will have on recovery homes. The impact that Step of Faith Church will have on schools, on students. The impact that Step of Faith Church will have in our city. It is revival. That is what we're waiting for. Revival. Fresno is getting back on the map for the place of great harvest and impact. They shall hear about the Lord. And we're going to do our part. We're going to believe God to the uh, every extension that we can. Because it's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. There's a man that, uh, you know, God has called to lead such a powerful ministry. You know, and his name's Sonny Arguenzoni. Sonny Arguenzoni, he runs, God has used him to lift up all of the victory outreach. And he's still alive pastoring. He hasn't retired. He's still pastoring. He's still leading. leading. He's over what? Over 80, over 80 years old and still active, still traveling, still preaching in Panama, across the seas, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give him another jet, God. You didn't hear me. Give him another jet, God. Give him a bigger jet to carry all of his team across the United States, across the world. I don't want to be stingy about what God can do. I don't want to believe in limitations. I want to believe in God's word. 
And when something needs to get done, don't be afraid to ask. We have to believe God beyond our limitations. If we want to do great things for God, we got to be all in it. Ain't no cheap stuff here. We got to be 100% al 100 to the 100. You know that little emoji, that little red 100? We got to have that in our life every morning. Every morning for Jesus, we got to put that on every day. Wear it every day, 100 for God. God, what do you want me to do? Give it all up. I remember when, you know, when we had, uh, before we had our child, God was just testing our faith and having us give. There was times where we'd go and minister and, you know, the churches, we seen a financial need and God said, don't take nothing. I'll bless you. Go back home. The gas, take it out of your debit card. I gave you in your last place so that you would have enough to bless this place. Go back home. Don't take it. Bless the congregation. There was times where they would just offer whatever they could. Just take it. Thank me for it. And then all of a sudden, God's provision would show up in other places. There was times where God would say, you know, give this away. Give that away. You obey God as you go. There is nothing more satisfying in obeying God and having that relationship. And you begin to see a, a, a giving and you begin to see a taking. You begin to see a releasing and you begin to see a receiving. Such a beautiful type of relationship in God where you can say, God, I trusted you and I let it go. And then God brings it back to your life. He blesses your life. You know, obedience and faithfulness and loyalty and giving yourself to the kingdom of God never, 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 never will be in vain. You'll always be blessed. He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. When we begin to put God first, the fruit of him being first shall be displayed. I'm not done believing God because the best is still yet to come. And I will not be held back. We shall not stunt. We shall not shrink. We shall not settle. It's either we go big or we go home. Go big or go home. This morning I want to talk to you about first fruits. The power of first fruits. If you go with me to the book of Exodus 13, 11, I'll just settle a quick foundation here as we get ready to give. Exodus 13, 11 through 15. Again, that's Exodus 13, 11 through 15. And the word of God reads like this. It says, and after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. And it goes on saying, verse 13, it says, And every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. For every firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. And when in time to come, uh, and when in time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt and from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Matthew 6.33 declares, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me say this. 
God desires to be first in your life. Why do we worship on Sunday? Because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. And Sunday is the first day of the week. Just think about this. Your success for the rest of the week begins on the first day of the week. Let me say it again. Your success for the rest of the week is determined by your first day of the week. I'll say it again. Oh, man, that's how important it is to come to church. Your first day determines your rest days. If you're going to give God your first day, the next six days will be blessing. We're not talking finance. We're talking your time now. If you can give God the moment you wake up, I won't name the name, but, you know, there's a brother and I, we, we caught attention because I said there are times that I, I, I forget, but there are times it comes to my mind. I got to, from my bed, just turn over and just get into the prayer position. <laughs> right? Just jump in that position and give God my very first. Not this first. Not this first. Not this first. We're talking about this first. If I can give God this first, then the rest of my day is blessed. If I can give God the first day of my week, then my whole week is blessed. If I can give God the first of my check, then my whole check shall be blessed. So you're not understanding. When God is first, what remains is blessed. When God is first, what remains is blessed. I'll say it again. When God is first, what remains is blessed. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So we worship on Sunday so that the rest of our week can be blessed. This is the principle, the message in itself. The principle of this is that God desires to be first for the fruit, first fruit sanctifies the following fruit always. When we place Christ in our lives, we establish his lordship in our lives. If Jesus is not first, he's not Lord. That should convict you. If Jesus is not Lord, he's not first in your life. And if he's not first, he is not Lord. And if he's not Lord, then there is no favor. If he is not Lord, there is no blessing. If he is not Lord, there is no prosperity. If he is not Lord, there is no abundance. If he is not Lord, there is no growth. Why? Because you are counting yourself out of the jurisdiction of the blessing of the kingdom. He is not first. When his lordship reigns in your life, everything from the Lord trickles down to the servant, trickles down to the child of God. If you want the blessing of the Lord, God needs to be the Lord of your life. C.S. Lewis declared a truth, and it is this. When first things are put first, second things begin to increase. I'll say that again. When first things are put first, second things begin to increase. When first things are first. In the time of which Pharaoh did not want to release the people of God from Egypt, God told Moses that he would take the firstborn uh, son of every family. Unless they what? Sacrificed a lamb and with its blood placed it on the doorposts of their homes. And what happened? The spirit of death would pass over. You know, that's what the Passover is. To commemorate what the Lord did to Egypt, Pharaoh and his army took taking the firstborn, the Passover, and that spirit of death would, would pass over him, that house sparing the firstborn son of that home that had sprinkled blood on the doorpost. Why did God not declare he would take the second son or the third son? Why did he say, I'm going to take your first son? Why didn't God say, you know, sprinkle blood on the doorpost and, you know, I, I won't take your third son. I won't take your second son. He said, no, I won't take your first son. Why is it that God uh, spoke taking the first son? Because God wants the beginning. Yeah. 
What is conceived at the beginning, the posterity of your heritage, the inheritance of a home went to the firstborn son. And if God could take away the firstborn son, then that means that the whole posterity, the whole future of a home is now interrupted. Because the blessing goes to the first son. The posterity of the mission and the vision of that home falls on the firstborn. And so God was saying, the enemy is cunning. He wants to take first away from you. Why? Because if he can take first away from you, he knows he can take away your posterity. He knows he can take away your vision. He knows he can take away your blessing. He knows he can take away your favor. If God can remove the first out of your life, just imagine we're living uncovered. We're living broken. Why is that? You get back to that place where God needs to be first and you'll see the blessing of God. You'll see the peace of the Holy Ghost. You'll see the power of the Holy Spirit begin to reign and live inside of your life when God becomes the first of your life when God is first and the firstborn is locked up the posterity the future generations of a family future is locked up in the firstborn God wants the first one don't allow uh, for God to become the Lord of your life after three the one at the beginning has the seed for the future there is future in the seed and he wants the first seed because he gave his first. You see, when God sent his son, he didn't send his second best. <laughs> he sent the first. He sacrificed the lamb, a clean lamb, not a blind one. Not the leftover lamb. <laughs> Take it. That one's no good. Take it, you know, that one, yeah, sacrifice that one right there. No, 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 don't touch those. Those are good lambs. When heaven gave the son, it was the best of heaven. Heaven went bankrupt when Christ died for you on the cross. You're not understanding because I want you to feel the weight of what it feels like to give first to God. You see, God gave you his very best. Heaven emptied. Heaven went bankrupt. God put all of his chips in for you. He didn't say, give him second best, you know, write a check, uh, you know, less. No, no, no. The, he said, no. How much do we got in the bank? The son. For the sins of the world. Oh, the son. Okay. Um, God was not like, you know, well, just let him suffer for five hours. That'll be good enough. No, he said, let him die. Give them, how much do we got in the bank? A son, Jesus, the son. Give it to them all. Empty it out. Write the check for all, all that we got. Write it for Alicia. Write it for Raul. Write it for myself. Write it for Ricardo. Write it for Anthony. Write it for Sister Monica. Write it for Stephen. How much do we got in the bank? This is how much we write the check for every cent that we got in the bank for these lives. God gave his very best. He gave first, the first of the kingdom for us. And we live God giving him second every day. We live, God, we live for God every week giving him second every week. 
Giving them second in the mornings. Giving them second throughout the day. Second, second, seconds. And now we wonder why we're lacking in the blessing. We're lacking in favor. We're lacking in open doors. We're lacking in increase in our life. God is saying, if you would just get back to the place where I become the first thing in your life, the important thing in your life, the everything of your life, when I become first, everything in your life is blessed. God before my wife. God before my children, God before my dad, God before my mom, God before you guys, God before this church, God before the world, God before my goods, God before everything. God first. It needs to be God first. If I got to choose between you and God, I'm sorry. Start crying. I'm choosing God. Get offended, cry, do what you got to do. God first. We don't hear that too much. It's kind of like God first, but God knows your feelings. No, there are times where God is like, I don't care about your feelings. I'm first. How can that be? Well, because look at Abraham offered his only son. He gave him his firstborn son, and then he asked him for it. Give me your firstborn. He gave him the firstborn son. Then he says, I want your firstborn now. You're saying, Lord, that my offspring is going to be great. And you finally gave me Isaac. And now you're asking for him. God says, i got to be first in your life. Over all things. First. How do I know that God, Jesus Christ, was first? Because John 3.16 declares what? For God sent his only begotten son. His only begotten son. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 emphasizes on him more. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus Christ has, is already the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep in God. What does this mean for those who have fallen asleep in the faith? Our loved ones. The heroes in the faith that have passed on to be with the Lord and they are resting in the Lord. The Bible says that they are that Jesus Christ has now become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 23 goes, but each in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Look at the first fruits. Christ being the first fruits for the whole world. We're next. I'm going to start living like he's my first fruit already. I don't need anything else. If I got Jesus, I got it all. He's first. When, so, when the world wants to put God second, tell him, no, I, I don't need the world, actually. Naked I came, naked I'll go. <laughs> Come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. I came without nothing, and I'll start, I'll end without nothing. That's the way it's going to be. You know, God first, above all things. Above all things. Exodus 13, 13 says, every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of a man among your sons you shall redeem. This is spiritual because that donkey of which God is talking about, which can be redeemed, shall be redeemed by a lamb. Lamb, clean, perfect, firstborn. That donkey was us. The lamb was Christ. So for every donkey you have, there has to be a lamb. You got a donkey, okay, you give a lamb for your donkey. 
I like this because he, he said, man, I'm a donkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sure act like it. We kick God. We go like this. And they're the firstborn of God. Jesus Christ is a lamb substituted for us because if not, you'd be on the cross paying for your sins for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. But thank God that for every donkey that we once were, I'm declaring we're no longer the donkeys that we were in the world no more. The lamb has been given and now we've, we've converted, you know, to the Lord. We've come to the Lord Jesus Christ redeemed but by the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. You're probably saying, Pastor, I already know this, uh, you know, this uh, principle. I already know this, Pastor. Come on, tell me something new. Then why don't you live like it? Why don't you live like God is first? Why don't you live in everything you do like God is first? You know it, but yet you still need the redeeming, redemptive power of Jesus Christ. Now, one can stand perfect before the throne of God. We will all have needed the blood sprinkled upon us. Come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of offering this morning. He gave the clean for the unclean. Don't talk to me about the Old Testament. Malachi 6, 3, 6 through 12 says, but he stated, I, the Lord, do not change. Well, you know, Pastor, this is Old Testament stuff. You know, these verses are t about tithing are in the Old Testament, but he stated, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Come on, take the promise of God. And what did he say? I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And, uh, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. I, the Lord, do not change. 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 God did not go through a transformation process. He is the same God yesterday. He's the same God today. And he'll be the same God tomorrow. It wasn't like he went through a program and said, you know, I need to get reprogrammed. No, the grace that was in the Old Testament concealed is now revealed now in the New Testament. And is now flowing, operating in the new church. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, the Lord, do not change, he said. When I think of first fruits, there are some points of truth and power that I'd like to reflect on and, and close in on this morning so that you begin to break curses this year, 2021. That you would be, begin by making a statement this year that you're first releasing what belongs to God because you cannot allow for the rest of your year to be devoured. It's got to belong to God. And put it like this, when you hand the deed over to God... Hallelujah. When you give God first, it's like handing the deed, the pink slip to God. It's like getting in your glove box and saying, God, here's my pink slip. Here it is. It's like saying to God, Lord, here's the deed to my home. Because if it belongs to you, the devil can't touch it. If it belongs to me still, boy, it's, it's susceptible to being robbed destroyed but if it belongs to you the devil can't touch it the devil can't touch what is in God's hands if you put it in God's hand the devil can't touch it such a powerful principle because when you put God first what you're saying is it's yours God because it ain't going to do any better in my hands if there is any hope 
to salvage for generations what you're blessing me with, God. It's got to be in your hands. You see, when Abraham was there ready to offer up his only son, his firstborn son, what he was saying is, God, for the blessing to fall on the rest of my generation, which will be like the sand, innumerable, right? Innumerable. For it to be blessed, I got to offer the first. That's why God recognized Abraham and he said, surely the Lord is first in your life. Surely the Lord is first in your life. First fruits means his will is first. Isaiah 14, 12 through 17 declares on how when we are not placing God first, we are acting as Satan in the glory of God. Look at this. He said, Isaiah 40, 14, 12 through 17. How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of, the, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. And I will set my throne on high. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol. To the far reaches of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world like a desert and overthrew its cities? Who did not let his prisoners go? This is exactly what the enemy does when God is not first in your life. Boy, he makes things like deserts and wilderness and he does not let his prisoners go. Does not let his prisoners go. I refuse for my will to be done first. It has to be God's will first. That's what first fruits means. God's will first. And out of God's will comes the authorization and provision for what lies ahead for you. First fruits declares his will is first. Just uh, Jesus stated to Peter when he tried to stop him from making his way to the cross. Do you remember that? By fighting with swords, he cut off the soldier's ear. When they came to seize Jesus, voila, cut it right off. What did Jesus do? He, put the, he told him to put his sword back, but what, what else? He healed the guy's ear. Why? God, God, Jesus was like, don't interrupt my first. You see, you're, you're getting in the way of first happening. So I want to just tell you something. God's saying, quit getting in the way of first because I can bless your life, but there you are chopping ears off. And I'm just telling you, quit messing with the first. Let God be the first reigning part of your life and you'll see that you'll be blessed. But Jesus, you're going to the cross. Yes, but the Holy Spirit shall come. And it shall seal the believer for the day that I come back for my church. You see, when God's not first, we respond as Adam and Eve responded in the Garden of Eden. And because we respond like Adam and Eve responded in the Garden of Eden, the ground was cursed. That's what the Bible says. The ground was cursed. Not only was it cursed, man was cursed. It's a principle of honoring God's will 
the land begins to be cursed and man begins to be cursed and then we start acting like that beginning verse in Ecclesiastes for to the one who pleases him God has given him wisdom knowledge and joy but to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God we begin to turn into those people that are money hungry opportunity hungry and and we want no way we're willing to cheat steal and step on people to get where we need to get God is saying, you don't have to cheat. You just got to believe me and put me first. If we can put God first, the rest is blessed. The rest is blessed. And I'll just say this. Your first fruits declare to God that you are not forgotten. I don't care what lies ahead for every one of us. Every one of us. God is first in our lives, it doesn't matter what happens, God has it all under control. I made a declaration by faith. I believed it was the word of the Lord for this house. Last year, I believed with all of my heart. I said, God, you're going to give us health. You're going to give us health. When the pandemic started, it kind of created a little bit of worry as if we were like, what's going on here? There's fear. And I began to declare what? The promise of the Lord God. We gave you our first day, our first time, our first moment. Nothing's going to happen. We're staying healthy. We're staying alive. By the glory of God, there's not been one to die of COVID here. Not one. Don't thank me. I'm believing God's word. I believe it. Not one, not one. You see, when you, when you put God first and God is first in your life, whatever happens, you're saying, but God, you're first. Hey, this is going to happen. Hey, but God, you're first, God. All I'm saying is, God, you can't fail because you're first. Hey, this is, you hear what's happening in the world, rumors of war and financial and economic, you know, uh, uh, breakdown. And, you know, we're going into reset. But God, you're first. Last time I remembered, Elijah still found water and still found bread and still found oil, God. And he was in the middle of a drought. So, God, all I'm saying is when you're first, God, I have nothing lacking in my life. Everything is provided. I don't care how hard it's going to get because you are first. I'm taking care of God. Don't start talking about what you don't have. Just start talking about who you do have. In the middle of a drought, in the middle of a sickness, in the middle of persecution, in the middle of trouble, in the middle of trial, begin to say, I got the Lord and He is first. I have Jesus and He is first. That's all I need to triumph in this life. To have first fruits means the Lord is first and you declare you will not be forgotten. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit that says I'm forgotten. You're not forgotten. The Holy Spirit has you so close you don't even know it. 
He's breathing on you and you're negligent to see the breathing of the Holy Spirit upon your life because you ain't dead yet. You haven't lost your house yet. You haven't lost your car yet. You haven't lost your job yet. You are sustained. You, when you open your refrigerator, there's food in there. You got meat to cook every morning, everywhere you go. You're, you don't even know. We are oblivious at times on how good God is and how much he has us in the palm of his hand. And I'm telling you, if you keep God first in your life, Keep God first in your life. Saying, Pastor, you know what? I didn't prepare for first fruits today. You can start in one good place. Where, Pastor? Tell me where I can start. Give them your life. That's where you need to start. That's where you need to start. Your first fruit starts with your life. Then from your life, you start to go through every file cabinet in your life. And you say, that needs to be first to God. And this needs to be first to God. And that needs to be first to God. And that needs to be first. But it first starts with your heart. Your heart needs first fruits first. Say, God, you're first in my life. Then start opening up all the cabinets. My family, you need to be first there. Open your job cabinet. My job, you need to be first there, God. My friendships, you need to be first there too, God. Just start going point after point where God needs to be the first of your life. This morning, I want you to stand to your feet. And before we give, I want the Lord to be first in our hearts. If he's not first here, what is about to come out of our hand, pointless. He needs to be first here. How many want him first here? You say, Pastor, I didn't prepare enough. That's okay. Start here first. Start right here first. Because God wants to be first here. Get the money. If only you know. If only you knew that salvation brings rejoicing in the heavens. Boy. I, I, I hate to put it like this. But I'm hoping that you understand what I'm about to say. It's kind of like somebody that is on welfare. You know, they don't have nothing to give. So they go to the store and they spend what you and I collectively help. For our country to have to give you see when a new soul comes into the body of Christ they are within a welfare of grace and you better believe the kingdom of God when he sees a new soul that does not have its welfare come into the kingdom checks spiritual checks begin to get written help and aid we did not plan on having start to come. Why? Because God says, because a life just came to repentance. I will vouch for that new life. You say, Pastor, right now, I don't got nothing to give other than but my heart. That is enough. That is enough. The Lord will provide the rest. But this morning, you're here. How about let's just pray to make God our first. Let's pray to make God our first right now. Just thank the Lord. Begin to thank God right now. We're going to pray that prayer of salvation wherever you're at right now. If you're listening online, make the Lord the first of your life. And as you're praying, church, if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. He needs to become the first of my heart, my life. Do that right now. Don't you hesitate. Start first fruits like this. My heart first to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
all of it. He has to become first. There where you are, head bowed and every eye closed, viewing online or even in this house, you're here and you say, Pastor, I need to give my heart to Jesus. He needs to become the first of my life. I want you to just raise your hand with me. I want to identify myself. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Don't you be embarrassed. God needs to be first. Don't be prideful. For those that are viewing online, he needs to be first. Don't say who's watching. Forget who's watching you. God needs to be first. Just make him first. Don't be afraid of making him first. Just make him first this morning. There where you are, repeat after me. Say, Lord, I come before you. I recognize my sin, my frailty that is always before you. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for all my sins. My past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. Come into my heart. Make me a new person. Change me. Restore me. Give me life as I give you my life. Give me life as I give you my life. All of me from this day forward and forever. Amen. Father, for every heart that has just come to know you right now, God, God of mercy, God of grace. Lord, would you begin to minister to your people right now, God? For those that are feeling condemned, for those that are feeling broken, Father. Would you begin to give them life as they have decided to place you first? Lord, and in the richness of your grace, would you begin to provide for them in every way, form, shape possible, Father? Open doors that only you can open, God. Pave roads that only you can pave, God. Send rivers where it is impossible to see water, God. We trust in your word, God, and I trust what you're doing in the lives of your people this morning. For those that are viewing online, build them up, God. As they offer the first fruits right now, God, of their hearts to you, all of you, that you would be first in their life, that they would begin to see your favor and blessing to their life. God, we give you thanks this morning, God, for the opportunity of making you first in our hearts. Yes, for the wages of sin is death. But what can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing, no famine, no hunger. No nakedness, no sin, no devil, demon, hell, depth, height, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And I just declare, Father, your grace is abounding in your people right now, Father. And we give you thanks and honor for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. If you have prepared your first offering, you say, Pastor, I want to do that. If out of your heart you want to do that, that's okay. You can. You just ask one of our ushers. They'll give you an envelope. You will do that. I want to just point this out. I am confined. I'm trusting that what God has allowed for us to see financially through our first fruits is a big part of how much we will achieve this year as a church and I want to say that before I even know what it is you're already putting your seed of faith 
to what God has before us as a church. And I believe there are great things. I can't list it all. All I can say is every day by faith, we're saying, God, your will be done today. And it, and it is a blessing to know that we have the opportunity to mark the difference in every step we take as a church forward. So if you have your first fruits offering, just offer that up. Let's pray. I'm not going to pray. I just want to pray collectively, each and every one of us, and just be, begin to declare first over your church. Just declare the blessing over your church, your church house, your church family. Just begin to declare. Declare what God is going to do through this house. Begin to declare over the souls that are coming to this house. Just declare it. Believe God. Say, God, do great things with this. Use this, Father God. Use this for your glory and your honor, Lord. Use it for your glory and your honor, God. That you would be glorified in this church, in this house, in this season, Father, as a church. Lord, we declare greatness, Father. Growing, growth, Father. God, extension, Father. In every way possible, Father. Lord, a new building, Father. God, new souls, Father. God, extension in our facility, Father. God. Lord, the way we reach out to our community, Father, there's so much ahead of us. A whole year is ahead of us, Father. And I declare it great, Lord. We're making a mark, Father God, with our giving this morning, Father. And I just declare that greatness over our church, Father. What you have established for us to do as a church, Father. Lord, that this would be a marking of faith, Father, that we believe you for it, God. Before we see it happen, we say we believe you, Father. Before we see it take place, we're saying, we believe you, God. We believe you, Lord, for this church, for this house, Father God. Now, begin to pray over your home. What is that first fruit going to do for your life this year? Just begin to declare it over your children, over your household. Come on, somebody. Just speak it out. Confess it. Don't be afraid. Say it out loud. Declare the revival that God is about to bring forth to your home. Come on, declare it. Declare it. God is not like a man that he should lie. Declare it. Believe it by faith. God, you're bringing health to my family, God. Father, you're bringing blessing to my family, Lord. Salvation to my family, God. Lord, you're going to build us up, Lord. You're bringing restoration to my home, God. Begin to declare it over your finances right now. Father, abundance shall over, ever flow to me, God. Begin to declare that you shall never be in a lacking state this year. You shall never be in a lacking state this year financially, physically, spiritually. It shall be for you. And I just declare it right now in Jesus' name. His grace in your life. His grace in your family. Oh, Father, we break the spirit of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. I speak against that spirit of poverty right now, God. Lord, I, break, I speak against that spirit of not having enough right now, God. Lord, we shall go. We're stepping into a year, Father God, where there will be more than enough, God. Abundance shall flow, Father, into our homes, Father. Open up new doors for your people, God. Lord, bring favor and provision to your people, God. Lord, the businesses of the house, bless the businesses, God. Lord, the jobs of which we work, bless the jobs, Father God. Lord, that those that are, are providing, Father God, those breadwinners in this house, Father, that they would see promotion this year, Father. That they would, they would see blessing in their life, God. Lord, we just declare even this first fruit over our city, God, the city of Fresno. 
Father, this city has not seen it yet, Father, from this house. Lord, there is a church commissioned, Lord, to impact our city, Father. This community, God. Lord, the highways and the byways of this city, Father God. Lord, the houses that still have not come to know you, Father, use us, Father. Use your church, Father God. We are here, Father. We're believing for a city, Father God. We're believing for a state, Father God. Lord, I don't care, liberal, Republican, doesn't matter to me, Father God. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, Father God. Your will be done in our state. Your will be done in our city. Your will be done in our community, Father God. We believe you, Lord. We believe you, God. Touch lives, Lord. Touch our city officials, Father God. We believe, Lord, that as a church does their part financially, Father, that we would see our part impact our city officials, Father. Lord, our city, Father, those that serve in our community, Father. Touch our city, Father God. We just declare revival, Lord. Promise revival to this city, Father God. And souls that would come in by great harvest, God. We believe you, Father, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus.